Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet at Sports Interaction. We're on the road to the Super Bowl, and Sports Interaction has you covered pregame, live betting on all major sports and prop bets. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. 19 plus, please play responsibly. She scores! Take a moment to look up at the ceiling. You're about to bust through it. SDPN, the PWHPA and Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Presents hockey like you've never heard it before. The Noxie and Cax Show with Liz Knox and Carol Emard. <laughs> Let's get it. Go. Welcome back, hockey fans. You're tuned in to the Noxie and Cax on SDPN, and we've got so much to cover after a brief hiatus following championship weekend <laughs> in Southern California. We're going to get to a quick recap of how it all went down and to lead us into it, we are so lucky to be joined today by someone who this generation of fans will know forever as the voice <laughs> of women's hockey at the Olympics and World Championships. She was on the call for the PWHPA Washington Showcase leading into championship weekend. Kenzie Lalonde joins us from her home in Montreal. Welcome, Kenzie. Liz Knox. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Long-time listener. First-time caller, joiner, whatever. Oh, yeah. We appreciate you listening all these Seriously. two years. <laughs> and like, I feel yeah. like, like we're like media side now. I feel like, you know, this is a, a overdue visit from you because we have a lot to learn still. And we know that you're the person to do it for us. Seriously. It's, well, hey, Washington was a total blast and we had some fun. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Let's start there. Let's talk, talk about our secret dream gap tour in Arlington, Virginia, hosted by the Washington Capitals. Mm-hmm. We had like a preview that schedule, just the way it lined up. We had a preview of what championship weekend was looking like. Uh, why don't you tell us about Washington and how the standings stood up or rolled out for you, Kenzie? Yeah, Washington was an unbelievable experience. A quick trip. I had never been there before, first of all, so that was pretty oh. special. And Liz, that was our first time working together, so it was so it was fun to, to get back and behind uh, the booth for a PWHPA game. I remember calling it in Toro with the first top when you guys came there a few years ago for for a community channel back, um, oh my gosh, a year or two ago, but it's a blur. And then I had called a bit in Montreal uh, the year prior. So to then go, you know, cover the the final weekend of the regular season in Washington and seeing the growth of of the association up to that point was, was so fun. And the games again, just did not disappoint. Like just, you know, Natalie Spooner was back and she got a goal and, uh, you know, nursey went off and then we had a nice, you know, we saw quite a few give and go plays for (laughs) Stacey and, um, Vespa's play in particular kind of like stood out to me, but, uh, Again, just the, you could see firsthand the excitement in that town, the support for the game, the, you know, and, and just the joy for the players that they really were having fun and, and the opportunity to, to showcase the game at the grassroots level every time they go to a, a stop was totally on display. And we had the joy of dancing our way through it. And uh, <laughs> I was going to say, good I'm down. I was going to bring that up at least. I'm like, yeah, I saw some moves. Like, Noxie is like known now, I think. Because I don't know if you guys knew, but they left it on on TV. So when we were watching in a different uh, stop or showcase, I saw some sick move coming Uh, up. And like the dancer going. And and, uh, yeah, you guys like actually it was it was pretty entertaining. So I want to give you guys a shout out for the dance moves here and there. 
Well, we do. We like to have fun, honestly. Like, exactly. uh, I'm sure it's much more stern and professional when you're with, you know, covering Olympic hockey <laughs> with Cheryl Pounder. But I like to keep it light. And it's it's it it's a lot of work, honestly, to be like energetic for the entire game. And we'll get to it a little bit later. Kenzie's calling 31 games at the upcoming <laughs> Women's World Championship. I, I can't wait to ask you about that. But first, um, <laughs> Arlington, Washington, they were fantastic for us. I felt like, uh, you know, it was, it was good to have your energy and insight there because of your experience with the national team. You just know so much about these players. And so I want to know a little bit first about what research goes into it because yes, we learned coming onto this show. <laughs> Kenzie might be on a little, a little <laughs> less sleep than normal. <laughs> Yeah, um, working on about like three hours right now, (laughs) gearing up for for Women's Worlds that are going to be held in Brampton. We are doing all 31 games that we're going to have two commentary teams, we found out. So that's great. So again, you know, an opportunity to get some voices in the booth, more women covering the game, sharing their insight along the way is going to be awesome. But yeah, I mean, again, it's... You know, it's an opportunity to share their stories, capture them in the in the moment of doing the sport they love. And you want to do it justice because it's rare still to this day that we have the women's game in a televised format in a live broadcast. Yeah. So I take that seriously. I take there's some responsibility there from, you know, pronouncing the names right, pronouncing the names right, sorry, to, you know, making sure you have a grasp on who they are as a person in addition to who they are as an athlete. And so it's it's long nights and days of sitting behind my computer researching and making phone calls and going down rabbit holes of you know I don't know where I ended up last night I was learning more about Hokkaido in Japan and the the growth of the sport there so you really like the more I do the research the more I just again I'm I'm genuinely engaged and I'm learning more and I want to just you know before I know it it's been six hours I haven't moved and uh, I need to eat something so. <laughs> It's, 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 it's fun. I find joy in that. And it's all, you know, hopefully pays off in the moments when these athletes up on the ice and you want to just, you know, attract the viewers and make sure they get a good understanding of what these women have done up to that point. Cause you know, it's been a journey in their hockey career. So you want to make sure you touch on that. And yeah. to that, to that extent, like good on you. And I get the rabbit holes and everything, but it is not easy to find information on oh. women's hockey. So like especially you know, international players. <laughs> oh yes, goodness. for sure. It is not easy. It's not like the NHL where you have like a hundred thousand, you know, websites to find the information or wherever they they played before and stuff. So like props to you. You probably are calling coaches and if not like someone somewhere that knew someone that help Japan potentially, whatever it was. So I, I just think people need to understand the amount of work that's behind, you know, what you're saying here. It was a quick yeah. couple sentences, but you know, six hours is probably nothing compared to other nights that you have to search for other teams. And it again opens that conversation of the accuracy of the statistics that follow yeah. the women's game. And what do we have elite prospects, if you will? And you hope that that's in any indication of an accurate representation True. of what their numbers were. Like college, the NCAA women's program is the best. Like the way the athletic departments have taken the responsibility to uh, be correct in their information, give bios mm-hmm. on the girls like that that's the standard that should be set. So if you've you've been through that NCAA system, there's a good chance, you know, we have an opportunity to learn more about you. But as you go into international tournaments and you're covering Hungarian teams or France's first time in a a few years that they're going to be back in the top division, 
you got to find ways to make sure that they have their moment. And so that's what I'm trying to figure out. And all of us are. It's, it's a team <laughs> effort. And myself and Cheryl Pounder are, are doing our best. And uh, it's, again, you want to give them their moment. And we want to put the work in to make that happen. Yeah, you oh, mentioned elite that. prospects. I want to shout out Bo Marchwick, who I know does a lot of work to make sure that his women's stats are as up to date as possible. But like you say, you're only one mm-hmm. person and you're digging in deep to yeah. try to make sure everything's valid and up to date. And of course, Sport Logic has been a great supporter of the PWHPA this year, which is awesome. It makes me sound way smarter than I am. And, uh, to be honest, too, though, at the end of the day, like, well, like I've been, I was there for three years nonstop and the founders and everyone were like, we're all in, we're supporting and stuff, but it is tough to get them to cover every single game. So, Kenzie, to that extent, you're getting an, an international tournaments here. Canada, U.S. will be covered 100%. And even at first, it was just the Canada, U.S. games, but we were covering all of Canada. So we had just U.S. versus Canada in terms of stats. So, like, I was like, no, guys, we need a bigger picture. We need to cover more so that they nice. you have some information leading up to it and you know, a true head-to-head scenario of like, what would they rank at? Or, you know, what is Czech going to do? What is like Germany about? Or are they coming up? Are they not? Are they like, there's so many things that you, we're not covering enough just yet. And it's, mm-hmm. it's expensive. That's the issue. Like, let's, yeah. and I'm, I'm going to stop right expensive. here after it's that. It comes down to money, it's, right? It's always like, if you want to do it right, <laughs> if you want to have the right people, the right information and the level of stats that the men's get on the other side, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's important that we actually do what Kenzie is doing and take that pride to go and do a little bit beyond what you need to be doing and get the true, you know, like we covered a couple championships here and there. Now we're covering more. Now the PW came in now the like PHF potentially will get there at some point, who knows, but I just like, I hope women's hockey just gets that kind of like people to be interesting and want to do these like data analysis that they do online on the daily fundament side, you know, because stats is available. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think recently too, like we look at the 2021 women's worlds that, that TSM put on and it was the first time group B division was being televised. And so that was kind of my first start at it. And they did. Tessa had the beam me up chair that the World Juniors had, and so we got to you know speak with the athletes in the same format that that we see in the men. So pushing that, you know, pushing this the boundary, and when you have the opportunity to you know, be in Canada, be on site, and and try and provide them the same opportunities that that we put into a, a men's broadcast, it's uh, it's fun to be a part of. So this upcoming Worlds is going to be good. Good, it's always bigger and better. And before we get to kind of Kenzie and how you started out, where. Life has taken you <laughs> from Stittsville to now. Uh, I did want to quickly yes. recap our championship weekend. Uh, so we had this, our semifinal on the Friday in Irvine, California. We had number four Sonnet versus number one Harvey's. Now, Friday, big Saturday, game. We're big game. All the whole weekend, we just got bonus hockey after bonus hockey because yeah. we had three or four games going to overtime. So <laughs> Harvey's and Sonnet, two one Harvey's win in overtime. Emily Clark, the game-winning goal in that game. And a beauty. She had such a fantastic weekend. I got to give her a big shout-out. I think she had three goals in the championship game. Mm-hmm, Patty, mm-hmm. like, uh, just unreal <laughs> hockey from her. And then Scotiabank and Adidas. So Scotiabank was number three going into the weekend, playing number two Adidas. And Scotiabank with a, somewhat of an upset, I think we'd say. But a 4-3 win in overtime as well. Blair Turnbull, the hero on that one. Some yeah. great hockey on that Friday. <laughs> She did well. Then we had the the seeding games on uh, Saturday. So Adidas versus Sonnet. 
unfortunately, fortunately, we'll put it that way. You know, they had a good game too. They, everyone wants to, you know, win and make the best out of these games too. So Adidas took it in uh, overtime as well too. And O'Neal got the game winning goal. Yeah. Um, I heard it was a little bit of a chippy game and it intense was, game and chippy. going. Yeah. So like, that's just like what I'm seeing. What I'm, wow. What I'm saying about the seating game <laughs> is that, you know, people care and they want to win always. So you just, uh, you know, the intensity elevated a little bit more and I can see a couple personality on both teams kind of going at it oh, <laughs> from yeah. Adidas. I and feel Summit. like that was a theme all season long too, though. Like, you know, yeah. it's a chance to mash up, you know, Canada, United States players and all that. But mm-hmm. whenever they get on the ice, <laughs> it just happens. Let them play, as Cheryl and I like to say. Let them play. It's Honestly. awesome hockey. It was great hockey. And then the team saw it and Adidas went after that game. They're hosted by the LA Kings. So we got to go to the Kings Predators game that night. So it was like right. an unfortunate situation that you're playing in the seating game, but Kind of a nice little reward that you, you know, we got to have a box and the bar was open and Abby Rock was pouring <laughs> drinks and Curly Girl was up there. Of and it, was, it was great fun. It was great fun. And then, of course, on Sunday, Championship Day Sunday, we had number one Harvey's versus number three Scotiabank in Palm Desert, hosted by the Coachella Valley, uh, Coachella Valley Firebirds. Wow, yes. that was a lot for me to say this morning. <laughs> And Harvey's well. with the late goal in the game. Uh, Eldridge was the spoiler in that one. Clarkie, as I mentioned, with the three goals. And much similar to our Washington showcase with Kenzie, like we had some video review questioning. It's the first time that we had goal review. And yeah. that one was a, a contested goal at the end. It was a, a tough call for the officials to make. I'm going to stay neutral on this because, I mean, I was on the broadcast. I think my opinion was known. But after talking to some of the Scotiabank players and coaches, I think that they were, you know, upset by that that final game winning goal. But it was a great game. Great, exciting game. It was. Uh... It always seems to have interesting finishes, whether it's the PWHPA championship, like a world championship. There's always this like final element of a buzzer beater <laughs> video review questionable what's going on yeah, it's, a no. it's a it's a it's a theme in women's hockey i think to be honest like and that game i don't know what you thought noxie but i didn't think it was gonna go five to four oh type of levels in terms of like the two goaltenders goalies well goaltenders like mash and and renee and i, I was looking i'm like oh my god it's it's already too oh it's all she, like, like i was watching from home and, disbelief we're like is, is this actually happening? Like, and Renee has been like unsolvable pretty much all season. And then yeah. they were down, like, I think they were down 3 1 going into the second yeah, period. Yeah, they were. they were down 3 1. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, crazy. they were. And they were okay goals, whatever. And on the other side, like, sick goals on both sides. And they kept going. I'm like, okay, these two goalies are sick. Like, they're making real saves. And then on top of it, like, the girls are playing really freaking good. And they're making these goals, like, look like it's the easiest thing yeah. on earth. You know, oh, Mash this one glove save. Like oh, this yeah. is the hardest part I would say about like my you know small, very very small. Go, like, broadcasting yeah. is like <laughs> I get fired up. Like 
mash comes across you do? flashes the leather i'm like oh my gosh like i'm losing my mind and i'm like oh wait remain neutral <laughs> i'm neutrally but you did say you it. You're like, oh <laughs> this is a great I, I heard you oh mash flashing the letter you did say it yeah, I think that enthusiasm is important because it's raw, it's natural. Like you know, you're a, you, you know you're a fan first, a former player first as well. So it's it's natural. And I think I don't know personally as a viewer, it's kind of nice to to hear that enthusiasm because everyone at home is thinking the same thing most likely as well. Like it's the best of the best. Well, I'll keep you, doing it. I just have to always <laughs> remind myself not to swear on the national broadcast because uh, yes. like. You guys know me. I yeah. have a little bit of a sailor's mouth. So you do? <laughs> I try to keep it under wraps when we're on TV. Okay, Kenzie, let's talk about you. The whole reason why we're here. Enough about me. More about me. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I am glad, Liz, you didn't kill me after making you wear that amazing <laughs> outfit at the awards banquet. We do. I do just want to say thank you. Kenzie, I, Kenzie, oh, on that, that note, wait, wait, wait. On that note, Kenzie, I will need the picture if you have one. Oh. That would be lovely because as we are talking about this, right now we can get uh, Maddie or uh, Jesse to put this picture yeah. in our little yeah we'll have to do that mistaken each when we were at Target for being an employee first of all because <laughs> of our lanyards we each had a, an experience where someone I had a, you know, a shopper come up to me asking me a question I'm like oh no Sorry, it's from an event. <laughs> so we were reminded again, always take your press pass off when you're going places. But Ladies yeah, like, I, hey, I gave I, uh... Liz the outfit. I'm like, go put it on. Yes. <laughs> we're going to have some fun here. And we're lucky to be here. Let's have some fun. Like, you don't understand. Kenzie is like, I mean, like y you could probably wear anything and it would be like, oh, it's Kenzie. It's so cool. Oh. You're so trendy. I put this thing on. I looked like a four-year-old that just rolled out of a nap. <laughs> And because he's like, this is it. This is perfect. We're doing this. Like, we're here to bring the fun to the award ceremony. I was like, I'm a child. I like. I should be carrying a stuffy. I can't into this wait to see ceremony. that. I can't wait. This is going to be lovely. I haven't seen it. You rocked it. Uh, you it was great. ridiculous. You had you had the shades. You had the shades. Yeah. I was just trying. You made it your own. I was trying to make sure people didn't recognize me. No, I'm kidding. It was it was good fun, and you did you brought the energy to that award ceremony. So we do want to thank you first and foremost for being part yes. of the 23 24 Secret Dream Gap Tour. As you've kind of mentioned, like you've been a part of it every little step of the way. And we're very lucky mm -hmm. to have you. So I want to know where it all started. Take us back to Stittsville, West End of Ottawa. <clears throat> I almost went into like the mm -hmm. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air song there. <laughs> Born and raised. <laughs> and we understand the same thing. you started as a ringette player. So why don't you tell us how yes. that transitioned into hockey? Well, yeah, I think if you, I started, I had one year. So my parents, my dad grew up playing hockey. My brother grew up playing hockey. It was natural. I was going to be a hockey player. And in, in Ottawa at the time, bunny, uh, it was called bunny ringette and it was ringette for four year old. And it was, you could, you know, play ringette, being a team sport. At four years old, hockey didn't start till you were five years old. So my dad thought, let's great. Let's put her in that, get her started in a team format. Know what it's like to be on the ice before hockey starts. So I was four years old and played bunny ringette. And that's, <laughs> yeah, that's how the skating dream started, if you will. That's how the seed cuts began. And, um, that's where you got your hands from too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Silky mitts, Liz. <laughs> nah, man. I was 200 foot player. No hands. 
So yeah, I started playing ringette and then jumped straight into hockey as soon as you could join um, an association and then grew up playing boys, switched over to, to the women's hockey uh, at, at about U11, U12 and loved it because, you know, you walk into the rink and you immediately walk into the dressing room and there's 23 girls and they're immediately your friends. And yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like, oh, we all have the same interests. Oh, cool. And a lot of the players I would have played with at the time did not go to my school. So I had, you know, two sets of friends in a, in a way. I had my, nice. my school friends and then I had hockey friends. So it was really fun to just have a group of great gals in my life. And uh, <laughs> that really, you know, drew my love for the game even more. I became more passionate, kept playing and got to the point in grade 12 where I was playing in the Provincial Women's Hockey League or U22 Elite League now is what it's called. Um, and playing the highest, you know, that was the highest level for, for women's hockey in the Ontario region at the time and playing for the Ottawa Junior Sens and didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was kind of sick and tired of having to miss, you know, hanging out with friends to mm. train and missing family events for, for games. And I was kind of just at this crossroads where like, there's more to life than hockey, but I don't want to give up the sport, but there's, there's going to be more, I have to give up the sport eventually. So what, you know, might as well figure out what else I like. And so I battled <laughs> with that all through my grade 12 year and uh, came across a school called Mount Allison University. And I lucky enough, I found the balance of, of both life and, and sport. And it was the best decision I ever made because that's how I got started in TV. Look at you. And this is Ottawa's a perfect like, transition now. Things, yeah. She's the best. That lady son seemed a bit of a hockey factory there. Yes. Like, oh, so grew up. Yeah, exactly. Grew up watching Jamie Lee Rattray, Erica Howe, like the girls in the PWHPA. And, you know, seeing Jamie Lee Rattray in particular, she was always that, she, you know, the standard of, of her you know, her passion for the game, her skating was always just like insane. I remember my dad always being like, you watch her. Okay. You watch that stride. I'm like, sure. Watch it. <laughs> Could never get that low to the ground, but you, you got it. And, uh, yeah. So, so watching her, she, you know, started with, with team Canada early and it was fun to follow her career and getting to know kind of Erica Howe and, and that group. They were two years older than me, so I never played with them. But being in the Ottawa Sense program, you kind of overlap and, and hang out together. So it was it's pretty crazy to now see them be on the ice, winning gold, and, and to kind of follow their journey in the booth now. It's, it's full circle. That was so That's cool. It is. It is. And it was like, uh, I remember, so I, I coached at Colgate Kenzie for a bit. So we're older than you. We're going to say it here on air. <laughs> we're older than I coached at Colgate. Gets. You know, I know. <laughs> frick. Um, uh, but I coached at Colgate and I remember going to like Canada, that rink, and then recruiting for, yeah, like, uh, well, I didn't recruit Jamie Lee. I played against. Me. I'm sorry. <laughs> what the hell, Cax? I, I know I should have. I should have done it. <laughs> You know what? That's yeah, right. I, Did I not have the stride? <laughs> good team player, loves the game. I should have. She's the glue. You give her. Yeah. No, I played against Jamie Lee, so I, it was different in college. But after that, so maybe, maybe it was even after you, Kenzie. To be completely honest, it was a. I graduated in twelve, so let's put it this way. When did you? Oh, come yeah. In? So and then Two. I coached for a couple of years, and anyways, it's um yeah. 
Uh, it was a great, my point was to say that it was a great program that a lot of people, mm -hmm. you know, came out of this uh, program, like Rebecca Leslie, um, mm -hmm. Natasha, Natasha uh, Ternowski as well too. And then mm -hmm. um, there's even like other players that I've, I've encountered that are either playing or stopped playing after that uh, came out of that program and Luke Richardson. And I just, yeah, the whole. Yeah. yeah. He was our coach. Yeah. Yeah. yeah former he, NHLer. He, he was Boston awesome to chat with too. I wonder how was, was it to be coached by him, Kenzie? It was awesome. It was the final year, like in my grade 12 year. And again, just he brought in, you know, his, his coaching staff, uh, Dagger and Chopper were their nicknames. <laughs> great guys. And, uh, Dagger and Chopper. <laughs> they were awesome. That's uh, great. And just, yeah, you know, they cared and they wanted us to do our best. And again, cared about how we were doing away from the rink and what was next for us mm. and what would be a good fit for us. They really cared about those things. And so I, it was probably my favorite year of hockey ever. And a lot of those girls I'm still friends with to this day. And I actually ran into Luke when he was here coaching with Chicago, uh, playing the Canadian. So I went up to Amazing. him and I really seen him in a few years. I'm like, Hey, <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was cool to, to reconnect and, um, see you know his career and morgan's now teaching down in the states and uh, mm -hmm. the family's just incredible and the work they're doing with the difd foundation it's yeah um it, it's true it's remarkable and it's it was fun to have the opportunity to, to play with morgan and have luke as my coach and you know proud to be a former ottawa senator alum and wear the senator's logo on my chest for a few years it was kind of yeah. cool to have that association with an nhl team yeah i love that you shouted out difd it's an organization that we try to drop anytime mm -hmm. we can there's a lot of personal connections obviously in the women's hockey world to that organization and i want to know okay so you landed on mount austin sounds like coaches were there to help you through it were there any other schools that were in the mix or as soon as you found mount a you were like yeah this is it for me Plattsburgh. Nice. Um, little SUNY school. I went, I remember I um, uh, had toured it and uh, it was right around like Christmas time in my grade 12 year. And the, the girls were still there because they were, they had a game, I think on the 28th or something or 29th. And I remember just being like, Oh, so you guys don't go home for Christmas. <laughs> and they're like, we had maybe two days. And I remember thinking, Ha! I don't know <laughs> if I can do that. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be the balance that I was looking for. So the facility was amazing. The coaches were awesome and the girls loved the game, but it was kind of just that realization of is, is that what I want my right. next chapter of my life to look like? Mm -hmm. And it, it, you know, I, 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 him and I hawed and I had a student teacher that was a graduate of Mount Austin University and it was her who played hockey there that pulled me aside one day and recommended I check out her alma mater and so that's how I went to the Maritimes for the first time on the recruiting trip met the coach met the girls a small town Sackville New Brunswick maybe 2,500 people and it just felt right and the small little grocery store in a, a small little town no one really on the highways and i <laughs> wanted to call that place home and i loved it and to this day i'm, I'm so proud to have gone to that school because again that's where i scratched my itch for for wanting to get into television so i started taking ag1 as part of my morning routine and as someone who's always on the go and trying to get the right nutrition is something that i've struggled with for years but ag1 honestly makes it so convenient like one scoop in the morning it's all your health products in one i just have my ag1 my coffee and i'm ready to go by far 
the easiest habit I've added to my daily routine in 2023. So I love it. I love it because it helps me uh, to know that I'm hitting my vitamins and my greens intakes daily. I also feel phenomenal physically. I have more energy uh, for the gym, for my workday, and even for practices uh, whenever I have them during the week. I also love to start the new year with some goals. We spoke about it to keep that kind of like in the focus of like self-care, self-help. And AG1 is helping me have a healthier lifestyle right now. And my routine is easy to keep. I'm telling you, this one is a guaranteed achievable goal for this year and a new healthy habit I will keep for sure moving forward. So I love it. Thank you, AG1. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com forward slash TKKS. That's athleticgreens.com slash TKKS. Check it out. And you're downplaying yourself a little bit here. I was going to say. Tell our listeners, okay, (laughs) you are captain of the Mounties which is a great name for Mount Allison Mounties. Um, you captain that team. You are also on the Dean's list studying commerce. So it's a, you clearly the balance worked for you. You found the right amount of, <laughs> you know, discipline for the game and also enjoying, as you say, the culture of the East coast. Um, I want to know, did you find your degree in commerce helped your career path in broadcasting? <laughs> So great question, Liz. <laughs> I've never, I haven't been asked that in a very long time. Uh, yes, in, in a few ways. One, I again, I grew up watching Sports Center every morning and thought how cool it would be to work in TV one day. Didn't think much of it. Um, so then thought, okay, when I went to the ne- when I was going to go to university, let's do business. Maybe I do sports marketing or work mm. front office for a team. You know, maybe there could be a media role there one day, but never really jumped into any interviewing or picked up a camera by any means. And so <laughs> Mount Allison had a business program and I thought, okay, here we go. Let's, let's do the business degree. Maybe I'll go on and do a master's in sports management. Um, so that was kind of my, my head space into why I chose that program. And I really did love business and marketing and operations and, you know, the why businesses invest in certain companies and stuff like that. And so the big picture side of things really helped me when I was, now when I'm in this industry and understanding the business side to right. to broadcasting and TV and the work that goes in to make mm. broadcasts come to life. So yes. I, I think having an under foundation of the transaction side of, of why <laughs> things happen and, you know, some of the, the reasonings behind all of that has helped me. But also, uh, I think also in while I was doing the business program, I was in my final year of university an article was written about my final year, what was next. And I told the um, uh, uh, journalist who was doing the local newspaper article, my little kid dream was to be on sports center talking about sports in some capacity. So he wrote no that and it was published. And then the athletic director emailed me and Pierre Arsenal, amazing guy. And I thank him to this day. And he sent me a note saying, would you want to host you uh, like um, video segments for our athletic department? Like you, you know, the athletes, you have the personality, you might as well start interviewing them and, and helping us build our online space. And uh, I said, yes. And said, sure, let's do wow. this. I, I, that is I so cool. Little, yeah. <laughs> I always had this little kid dream. I'm never going to know unless I try. So I tried and I had my friend with this camcorder that we rented it from the communications department. Half the time we, 
would film over the, the video. So we'd have to retake it and I could never get the microphone to work. So it was just terribly produced stuff. But our athletic director said, have fun with it. And I appreciate that. So from that moment on, I started to gravitate towards, you know, volunteering and, and finding new ways in addition to my degree in playing hockey to see if after I graduated, is this something I want to do long term? So I'm glad I hosted those videos because that's how it kind of started. Okay, this is sick. You go after me, but I got goosebumps and my eyes got watery. Same. For like just a little (laughs) bit of an article. I think I'm soft right now this week. Maybe I don't know, but legit, that was so cute because, um, I mean, the article, I just love that, like, you get an opportunity from this and then the journalist knowing that probably as he is writing this, it could you know, help you to go somewhere after. And I think it, like, it's shout a small out to school, your athletic right? director. <laughs> Still. It's a small school. So I knew the the guy writing the article. So you naturally you're more comfortable and you're more honest. And I was like, you want to know what the dream was? <laughs> it was very, <laughs> the guard was down and I had no problem being like, oh, I'd have my bowl of Fruit Loops every morning watching SportsCenter, thinking how cool it would be to talk about sports for a living. And I was surprised he wrote that. And again, to have my athletic director step in and help and give yeah. me an opportunity, I'm forever grateful. Yeah, that's, that's so sick. cool. And last episode, uh, you, you probably haven't had time to catch up on it, Kenzie. So I won't, I won't hold you to this. But <laughs> our last episode, we were at, like answering questions from Twitter, and one of the questions was like advice for somebody trying to like break into the sports space, women's sports space, and like my very roundabout terrible advice was just like exactly as you're saying, like manifest um, it and then like put yourself out there. Like it's yeah. a, such a scary mm-hmm. thing to do, especially being in front of the camera or behind the mic because especially if it's like real time recording i like i still get a little anxious when we go live on tv and i'm like don't say anything stupid don't say anything stupid don't get yourself canceled don't say anything stupid but you know what i mean like just the fact that as cax said like the fact that you were willing to just be like yeah this is what my pipe dream would be thinking nothing of it thinking like oh there's no way this is going to turn into anything but i'll just say it because why not it's so cool. I'm. I got. I got chills as well, Cax. That was, that yeah. was really yeah. cool. So then, yeah, I think. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, yeah, no. To go to. <laughs> you go. Oh first. my God, Jesus. <laughs> we need sleep, people. Um, yeah, I think it goes back to again having that courage to put yourself on the line, mm. to put yourself out there, because I think in in media, in whatever capacity, in front or behind the camera, you're only going to learn by doing and. Mm. You know, I'm grateful that someone gave me an opportunity to try it. And yes, it's it was out there in the world and it is what it is. And people watched me learn, but you have to have the courage and yeah. you have to be okay with that. It's not going to, it doesn't, it's hard. It's hard. People <laughs> are going to have an opinion as you're doing what, yeah. you're, what you're, um, what you love to do. But again, that's how it, it kind of gets started for me. And so I always encourage people to just put yourself out there, try something, pick up your phone film a video like you're only going to learn by doing it's never going to be just um you know you're not you know you have to i guess try your best to just find find an opportunity yeah. to to try it yeah and then rewatch yourself and learn from it oh, and God. see what no. you can improve i'm out i hate it i absolutely <laughs> hate it but it is one thing and then the other the other thing i, I wasn't thinking about that last episode Noxie, but i think that any conversations that you're having with people just remember that like these people might at some point help you in the long run. So just pay attention 
care for what they say, be there, be present. Um, Kenzie, I would assume that whatever conversation you've ever had with that athletic director prior to this little moment, you were, you know, paying attention to the guy, listening to what he was saying, or like shooting the shit and just being a good person with him. (laughs) And then he thought of you because he knew a little bit more of you when this came up, you know what I mean? Like, so I value like a little conversation with your neighbor sometimes, like uh, someone at the, at the bar, at the restaurant, whatever it is, just be nice, be you and, and see what could come out of it. Cause you never know. Like, I just think it's so big. I think it, yeah. And and now looking at what has happened over the last few years, like it's taken a lot of work, but it takes a little bit of luck and Mm, it takes people to see something in you and want to give you a chance. So there is that piece to it. Yeah, I, like I just that. yeah. Be and, be be nice, be kind, you know. Yeah, <laughs> well, and I think too, like now that I go all philosophical about it, I think because <laughs> I was just I had nothing to lose. Like it was just yes. me, myself, and I. And yeah, I'm glad that that's how I fell in love with this industry. Was just that raw desire to interview an athlete, share their personality, and just be that bridge between like someone watching and helping get their message out just yeah. trying to facilitate that conversation so that like what you guys do you know what i mean like you <laughs> you, you just want to steer the conversation and give them their moment yeah. well and the authenticity does sell like that's it's something that's it very does. consumable these days people want to they want behind the scenes looks they want a real look at who people are and i think especially in women's sports like there's a huge area of opportunity there to really get to know you know, the players, their stories, mm-hmm. um, the coaches and their stories, officials, like there's just, we've just barely scratched the surface of who these people are, um, as athletes on the ice. And then as you're saying, like, there's just so much more that we can learn about them and we will get to that. I wanted to ask <laughs> before we jump to more about the women's upcoming women's worlds, uh, you ha- worked for a short time at U sports in, back in Ottawa. And then you had the opportunity to come back to East Link. So come back out East. Maybe talk us through like that time as we're, you know, kind of discussing opportunities and, you know, you just never know where this crazy career world will take you. So just walk us through kind of that phase of your life. I'm sure it's like a goes by in a blink, right? (laughs) Yeah, but it was hard. It was that transition coming out of hockey where I'm like, okay, so what's next? When the clock strikes 5 p.m. and I'm not going to the rink, what am I doing with my life? (laughs) So it was challenging, uh, but I knew I wanted to try this sports media world more. And I was debating, do I do a, you know, broadcast journalism program? Do I try and just start applying to jobs? What do I do? And so when I moved back home to Ottawa, I just started putting myself out there again and started volunteering with uh, the local Rogers TV there and started doing camera work on their daytime show. So I was camera two. I was that wide lens. Come on. Um, (laughs) Because I wanted to know what it was like to be in a studio and to record a live show. And what does that look like? Um, And I learned that there. And then during that time, I applied to be an article writer with U Sports and I told them my story and you know, I had the videos of my athletic uh, department and they got back to me and said, well, we want to build, um, again, we want to bring more personality to our social. Would you want to host some social media stuff with us? And I said, oh my gosh, yes. 
that would be amazing. So being once you're removed from being a sport athlete myself, I felt I had that perspective of what these athletes are going through. I had just graduated. And so I had the opportunity to go to the Vanier Cup and to go to the, wow. um, the Capital City Hoops in Ottawa and capture the behind the scenes of what was going on, interview some of the players and kind of get that live events feel for what you want to look for at a championship. And I remember like, interviewing the mascots and doing like a dance competition with the, with the GG mascot. And like, um, That's amazing yeah, playing, right there. <laughs> playing like trivia with the uh, alumni and playing like two trues and a lie with the trues. And they were like the halftime show for the Vanya cup that year That's in 2017. Amazing. Yeah. So it was, and it was all just me looking at things, being like, "Oh, that's I would want to see that if I was right." I was just going to ask, how much of this <laughs> like is how? like your own creativity, and how much of it is yeah. somebody being oh, like, yeah. "Hey, have you thought of this?" They were literally like, "Here's the here's how you log in, have fun." Um, <laughs> that's incredible. So I just ran around and tried to capture the spirit of the thing as my old coworker masculine has always used to say. So I, I try my best to do that. And along the way I kept, um, I actually started, I always forget about this cause it was again, short. I started working full time for a recruit for a uh, finance and accounting firm. And I was about three months into it because I needed <laughs> to pay some bills Yes, <laughs> and thought, Oh, this is what a corporate life could look like. Oh, this is kind of cool. Nine to five, checked out. I got to go home and watch the game as a mm. just a fan. Oh, this is interesting. And so I had about three months of that and then got a kind of a dream phone call. It was a manager back at Eastlink Community TV in Halifax asking if I'd be interested in moving there full time, working in sports broadcasting, and also if I'd be interested in play-by-play. And I remember being like, is this real? I remember taking a phone call <laughs> in the bathroom at the accounting for being like, Oh my goodness. Um, I got to think about this. Okay. Well, I'll get back to you or whatever. And you know, he, he was like, okay, well let us know. This was like early December ish. And he's said, you know, we, we need you here by January. So let us know. And so I quickly had to make a decision. Am I doing this? Am I quitting what maybe could be a corporate lifestyle to, jump in head first. And I remember speaking with my mom and I was like, well, I'm again, I'm never going to know if this is what I want to do unless I try. So let's do right. it. So I you have to yes. and had about two weeks over the holidays to get there, move to the Maritimes, go back to the East coast, which I love and moved to Halifax and started broadcasting full time. And it was unbelievable. I had got my feet wet started hosting the Halifax Mooseheads game in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. And then within three months started doing broadcast or started doing play by play. Uh, and then, you know, towards the summer I was doing soccer and we were doing high school volleyball and uh, we did some ringette, which was, which was full circle. <laughs> <laughs> like six ringette games. No, I think we Brought did eight right ringette games in like two days or three days. It was wild. <laughs> and so we did some basketball and I just, you know, I, I did camera, I did produce some stories. I was hosting a, a daily community show. It was Damn. the full television experience. Wow. And I'm so grateful for my time there. Yeah. Okay. Wait, I want to go back. I want to go back to your first game uh, that you did the play by play. Not going to lie. I don't think I could ever do a play by play. Noxy. No. Could you? Oh, you'd be fine. No. Oh, we could. No, we we'll would use like speed. other terms and stuff. Like, just tell me like the, well, I'm saying pressure, but how did it feel? Like the first one in the queue, kind of going, I think it was Moosehead and Charlotte, Charlottetown, right? What yeah. day? Do you remember? 
It was, uh, I think, March 17th. It was right after, like, International Women's Day. It was, you know, the month, the month of March. And uh, I had an opportunity to... Yeah, it was at the time, the first time a woman was doing it on television, calling, calling the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. So I was freaking out. Yeah, I was <laughs> freaking out. Yeah, let's go through this. I want to see that side. This is... <laughs> Play cool, play cool, play cool. <laughs> yeah, I got this, so cool. right? <laughs> I was very nervous because, you you know, I, I was surprised how much, like, attention and how much buzz it was getting. So that's kind of what, what made me nervous. It was like, oh, my goodness, I'm doing something for the first time and everyone's going to watch. So I had that realization mm-hmm. of, okay, you know, that courage to do something while others are watching. This is going to yeah. be a, the real deal. And I was so nervous. And the night before, uh, I got a phone call from Leah Hextall, who knows the first thing about what it feels like to have the weight of your gender on your shoulders when you go into moments like these. And she talked me down off the cliff. <laughs> Let me tell you that. <laughs> I was panicking. Like, I still didn't even have proper notes. I had, like, two, two sets of notes I was going to use, and I didn't even know which one. And she's like, look it. You know what you're doing. Calm down. You're going to be fine. Be yourself and be present. That is the best thing you can do is just live in the moment when you're calling these games. You know, the stories, the notes, that, that'll find its place if the, if the moment's there. But just be present. And I'm so grateful for that. I have to give credit to my color commentator, Logan Delaney, who reached out to her and suggested, Hey, if you have a time, could you call my, <laughs> my coworker? <laughs> she could maybe use some, some oh. advice here. Um, so I'm really grateful that he did that. And to this day, I'd say I'd call her a friend. We, we've talked, um, often since then about, you know, the, the pressures of it all and what it feels like to, again, not wanting to fail because we care so much and you're worried at the time I was worried, well, what if this doesn't go well? Uh, and then what if that hinders future opportunities for women who may be offered an opportunity? Mm -hmm. So if I did the job, great. But if I didn't, well, someone might think twice before they call a female to, you know, do play by play. So you were kind of battling that. And Leah knew what that was like firsthand. So it was a, yeah, sleepless night, if you will. And then the day came and I had so much fun and my color commentator, Logan's amazing. And, uh, you know, it's a team effort. And again, that's what I love most about television is that to make that broadcast happen, Liz, you know, for Sam Carell, like it is a (laughs) whole team and that, is why I love it is you can lean, you have to lean on one another to make it possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think that's why, you know, I have found my new team, if you will. So like my teammates is, are my color commentators and my camera operators. My coach is like my producer. So I'm like finding a a new team and that's what I, I love it. I love it. And now I get to do it all the time. (laughs) And I think, I think your point like speaks volumes about the dignity that you do your work with because I'd never, yes, I definitely had considered like, you know, it's your first time doing it. You don't want to fail for personal reasons. You don't want to be embarrassed. I mean, I, I totally understand that Mm -hmm. feeling your first time doing live TV, but like the fact that you also feel the pressure of like, this is the first time a woman has done a Q game. Like this could really mess things up for women coming up behind me. And I think there's a really cool culture of women in sports, specifically women in sports broadcasting, um, because I'm very lucky. I've had similar situations to you where I've had, you know, somebody reach out like Cass Campbell reach out and just be like, Hey, like the, you know, my first sports net game or my first national television game. And 
She just says, Hey, like, you're good. You know this. And I'm like, she has no reason to do that. She has no reason <laughs> to call me out of the blue and just say, Hey, you're good. I'm yeah. like, is this real life? Like, so to your point, you know, I mean, well, as we talk about the PWGA and creating opportunity for women and women's sports, like certainly the PA, our focus has been majority on the athletes, but mm-hmm. it does also create opportunity for our voices for, you know, Kenzie and for Cassie and to speak about a game that you grew up loving and playing and watching. And as much as we love the NHL, of course, and the men's game <laughs> and the opportunity that the Q provided to you, I mean, I think there is something significant about calling our game in our voice. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I, I love to hear it. I love to hear you and Cheryl on the call. You guys yeah. do such a fantastic job too. <laughs> like, and Izzy too. I mean, Izzy's, you know, been yeah. in with the PWHPA and with the, the women's, te- women's Canadian national team. Uh, I just think it's so cool to hear the opportunities that you guys are creating, not only for yourselves, but for the next, you know, dream coming up behind you. Yeah, like to this day, before I started working on bigger productions with CSN and stuff, my favorite game I ever called was with Izzy when we did the first ever PWHPA game in Truro. I was on the call. She was color. And it was the first time ever I had done a female hockey game with a female color commentator. And I'm like, oh, this is this is it. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I want to do. And, it, you know, that was with with my community channel at the time. And it was I even go back to like my fifth year in university when I covered my first story. We went to a local girls high school gym and it was a basketball championship. And it was my first time ever with a real working microphone. And (laughs) I interviewed the MVP and she was, you could sense the nerves, the fear, the excitement, her teammates are behind her, like yelling and and trying to like chime in in the moment. (laughs) And I asked her the greatest question ever that we all, the good solid, how does it feel to have won? So I, I remember asking her that and just seeing the emotion of, yeah, that fear, that um, anxiousness, but overall excitement of being acknowledged for the accomplishment. I was hooked. I was like, well, this is what I want to keep doing. I want to keep providing those moments for young female athletes mm-hmm. for, you know, and now I can't believe how it's grown to the best in the women's game and being a part of that and bringing it to viewers. It's just full circle. And so it's, it's again, like when I was speaking with that young athlete, I was seeing myself in her. I was like, oh, this is what it would have been like if I was the one getting interviewed, if I was the one who just won a championship. So I see myself constantly in these interviews that I do because I know, you know, I I know what that could have been like or would have been like. And uh, I just try and, you know, put that mindset forward when I'm when I'm in these moments. It's almost a for the players by the players feeling or for the athletes by the athletes. Like when you I love that. You're an athlete, Kenzie. You're with us. Yeah. It's and that's why you know what to ask. That's why you know what the feelings are like and what what you can. Again, you were saying you're the middleman between like the fans and then discovering the athletes. And I think you grasp that really well. And I, I think it's because you you know came from being a hockey players and everything. And that's why. Like I it speaking makes of being an athlete, what, when I was at the Olympic Games, <laughs> we got in we got into a cab, a taxi to go to the song center where the women were playing, and the taxi driver turns around and he's like, Oh, what sport do you play? And I was <laughs> honored. So what did so, you yeah. say? What sport don't so, I play? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm just media. I just talk about it. It's like, oh, okay. I was like, nice. I still got it. Cool. Let's go there. Like, take us through your Olympic experience. I mean, yeah. that must have been so cool covering, obviously, women's hockey, but just being at the Olympics, seeing that, like, the sport on that stage. Take us there. 
Yeah, I think it was unique because, of course, it was a COVID game. So Mm -hmm. it was a bubble format. And so with that piece, there was this ultra sense of responsibility, I felt, that you really were the bridge between these athletes Mm. in Canada back home because they didn't have their family and friends there. They really were isolated in that way. So there was this, again, other element of wanting to do it justice, wanting to make sure you're being, you know, capturing what was going on and being honest and you know, trying to give them an, a, a real look as to what the women were experiencing. It was remarkable. It again happened quickly. I was originally just supposed to be behind the scenes and then the opportunity presented itself to go to the games and be the reporter. So I jumped on it and said, yes, let's do this. And uh, it was a lot of structure to get there, of course, mm. just because of the restrictions that were in place. But it, when we got there, it was remarkable. And to see the run Canada had was truly I just can't believe what was happening. It was so amazing to see it firsthand, to speak with them after the games. And all, they speak a lot of like the uh, culture that they built and just the, the um, this energy and positivity they had while they were at the games. And we saw it firsthand. And again, Sarah Nurse, amazing. <laughs> we went, it was a quarterfinal game. She scored and we were doing a first intermission interview and we were getting set up, ready to do the interview. And of course you're wearing a mask so you can't see the face and whatever. And we're about to do the interview and she's like, hey, nice eyeshadow. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's cool. I'm like, you're- <laughs> okay. I love Mercy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. I mean, (laughs) that would have been the Sarah. Yeah, I don't know if you would have had that questions with other players or a couple different ones. (laughs) But hey, that was just there was this, you know, this positivity that they had going and this confidence that they had. And maybe that was a moment of it. I I don't know. But it was just uh, that was something I'll always remember. I was like, okay. (laughs) That's amazing. Talk about that, right? Like, it's. It's hard to pinpoint. It's like an it factor. And like, I'm sure we've all, you know, experienced it to some degree where it's like, you just get on a team and there's something about the room that's just like, we can't lose. Like, even when we're losing, like, we can't lose. And it speaks to like the comfort that she had, obviously, first and foremost with you as her interviewer, which I'm sure, you know, is nice to have another female interviewing you at the Olympic Games. But it also speaks to just the fact that, like, yeah, we're just here playing hockey, having a good time. That's that's such a great story. I love Nursey. Oh my gosh, she's never complimented my eyeshadow. So consider it a a huge compliment (laughs) to you. Um, We do want to talk about this 31 games coming up at the Women's World Championship in Brampton, Ontario. Okay, first, personally for me, what is the secret? Like, are you like? Two Advils a day, an apple a day. How do how do you like physically, your voice? Your voice. Health like, wise, how do you stay healthy for thirty one games over whatever it is twelve days, fourteen days, something like that, eleven days. I uh, I haven't counted in a few days. Um, <laughs> we actually, well, like I was saying, we now have, t- have two teams, so it's it's going the the workload will be balanced and shared, and which is great, and it's going to be again like kind of a full circle because when I first did my first TSN gig and did a Worlds, I was the Group B commentary team, so we'll we'll have um, two sets of of teams at this World Championship as well. But it's going to be a lot, and again, we we're okay with that. We want to do this. We want to put every game we yeah. can on television. We want to give it our all. So bring it on. It's kind of how I think a lot of us have this mindset. And again, it takes the full crew. Uh, you know, we'll have two sets of directors and producers as well. Like it's going to be a, 
um, a good balance. And it's, it's, again, it's nice that it's back on home soil. There'll be some fun little pieces to it. It's, you know, TSN's making this one a, a memorable one for the athletes that are involved. And I think it's going to um, come across great. And I ho- really hope the athletes enjoy their experience. And so now it's really just, the rosters are slowly starting to come out, which is great to see. Czechia's roster was just announced. Um, so learning the names and numbers and getting on the Google <laughs> train and trying to learn as much as I can and, and cover the Montreal Canadiens along the way. So it's, you know, it's all about uh, a balance, balance, you know? Kenzie, have you ever lost your voice doing like, like, okay, this is not what I'm saying here, but 15 yes. games about is, is what you're about to do. And like, you're talking the whole time. I'm not sure, but like, if I'm talking the whole time for like two, like whatever, six, seven hours a day. Yeah. That thing Tea? is halls help. Oh. Yeah. I had my first ever experience with it. Uh, with the U Sports Women's Nationals in on Prince Edward Island last year. Okay. I had just covered a Halifax Moosehead's game on the Friday night, and then I drove to the island that all through the night and then Jesus. got there in the morning for, for a 9 a.m. game, and we had two four-game days. Oh because, gosh. again, I didn't want to miss it. I wanted to be part of it. It was an amazing <laughs> opportunity. And by the, the first game on the second day, I was like, oh, no. Mm, that's right. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and it was, uh, yeah, I would try and not talk in between the breaks. And right. I just had a really deep, raspy voice. <laughs> it's like late night radio with Kenzie Lee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the finals, I haven't heard it back, but I'm sure I don't even sound like myself. I don't even know what that would have sounded like, but to see Concordia win it. To have Julie Chu, Carolyn Ouellette, yeah. that whole group hoist the trophy and watch them do it was was incredible. And then we just saw the Cougars go on a run. You know, yes. the eight that was a crazy game. Seed. Sorry, Liz. To I know. yeah, still fresh. It still hurts. I apologize, Liz, but that final I was there, and one point eight seconds that goal. Where like I was in the stands, I'm like, I'm like, I feel like there's something like like Concordia's all over them, but I feel like Cougars are coming back. And sure enough, that shot, we Not jumped wrong. in the stands. Everyone just went everywhere. I was like, oh, can you even believe it? And then something, sure enough, yeah, something magic happened for them this weekend, and mm-hmm. such a cool story, as Kenzie said, coming in as the eighth seed. And it's funny as you were saying that, I was like, first wow, time this is ever. Just like what Izzy's weekend was like because she was in yeah. Southern California with the PWHPA. She had to go back with Eastlink to do a Mooseheads game. And then she did, I think, all the games in French, en français, at U-Sport Nationals. So wanted to give her a big shout out. I hope that she's Seriously, like, I actually up have... on the rest now. That's amazing. Good for her. I need to listen. I want to hear it right now. And <laughs> as you mentioned, Kenzie, now you're with TSN as uh, the Montreal reporter covering the, the Canadians and the Alouettes coming up next mm-hmm. CFL season. So... First of all, I wanted to know how your CFL, how your football knowledge is, and maybe what you're most excited for covering the Alouettes. I, my, because it, it's interesting. So I grew up obviously in the West End of Ottawa, if you know, born and raised. Um, <laughs> now at least you have it like stuck in my head and I can never say it any other way. Uh, it was a hockey town. I Football wasn't even offered at my, at my high school. I think it was maybe offered one year. It just every, you know, hockey was the dominant sport. And it wasn't until I went to university in the Maritimes at Mount Allison 
that I got to know the football guys. There was no men's hockey team. So our equivalent was the men's football program. And to this day, so many of those guys are my best friends. And I really... You know, we they'd come to our games, we'd go to their games, and that was really my introduction to the sport. I'm like, oh, I love this. And then um, the that was right around the time that the Ottawa Red Blacks got their team back, and Henry Burris was their starting quarterback, and I became a huge fan of his. <laughs> so I don't know why I'm saying this. Um, so much so that my first car was a 1998 Honda Accord. And I nicknamed it Henry the Honda because <laughs> even because even though it was an older car, it was still the best. And towards the end of, you know, Henry played till he was an older guy and he still won a great cup. And True. so I really admired that. And uh, that car, I love that car. Uh, it was one of my one of my first ever vehicles. So that was kind of how I got I feel like there's like a super innuendo happening right here. (laughs) (laughs) And this is why I know football. (laughs) And I would drive that car again if you asked me. And I can't wait to cover the Alouettes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's how I kind of got introduced to the sport. And, you know, it's great to always see some U.S. sport athletes in the CFL system. And now with the, the leadership change and new ownership with the Alouettes, it's kind of a new beginning. Yeah. Uh, it's exciting, so I'm actually. excited to, to be part of that, to come in at a time when there's some, some newness, kind of like the Montreal Canadiens, a whole mm-hmm. new new team, new youth integrated of, of some younger players. So I'm... I can't wait to be part of it. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It's kind and of a clean slate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's going to be a little bit different too. Rain and sunshine. And yeah, that's going to be yeah, fun. I had been a, ring, or a field side reporter back for community television. Mind you, it was true, high school true, football. True, true. And we would actually go up to the players after they immediately scored a touchdown. We could like, I could walk up oh, to wow. him and be like, how did it feel? Would you see? <laughs> yeah. How did it feel? <laughs> <laughs> What was your dance? So, yeah, yeah. Talk me through that celebration. Um, so it's exciting to now go from like covering high school football to now the CFL and a, a league where you know I, I kind of captured or kind of fell in love with the sport to begin with. So it's again, it's full circle. I That's love sick. That. And really exciting. I guess this will be kind of our last point. We want to end on, you know, what's next. So prior to TSN yes. snagging you up in 2022, you were named one of Sportsnet's 25 most powerful women to watch in sports. Quite an honor. Seriously. So what's next, Kenzie? What's the next big dream that we're going to manifest here? And we don't like it. Hey, TSN, you know, this is no shots at you if she says, uh, I want to go work <laughs> with the PWHPA full time or something like that. What's next for you, Kenzie? What's a big dream? Uh, yeah, again, I want to just stay around the women's game in whatever capacity that that may be. And, you know, hopefully Italy, the Olympic Ooh, Games, yes. I can be there and be a part of it. So I, I would love to, again, be a part of another Olympic Games. And again, now, I think also with the integration of, uh, of the NHL, it's been a fun crossover. And I'm finding ways to, you know, like there's players that, no, you know, in their university days, like at Wisconsin, Cole Caulfield was at the same time, Abby Rock. So there's so many of these crossovers that now I'm finding I can kind of integrate storylines and cross these leagues, mm. uh, crossover with the league. So I'm, I'm finding joy in that as well now. So we'll see. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's awesome. I, I hope, yeah, 
I wish you um, that you, you know, end up and going to the Olympics and then do the call and everything and, and as far as you want to take it and whatever it is. But Genzi, you're crushing it. And we are happy and lucky that you were covering our games here and there, to be honest. Like, I want that yes, to be clear. Yeah. Like, you're a big Thank deal. You. <laughs> you're okay. a big deal. I'm just I'm glad you guys asked me to be on your podcast. I love your podcast. <laughs> I gotta I gotta share this. Just lucky to be here. I should have put the shirt on. <laughs> lucky to be here. Oh my goodness. I got That's I do funny. have to share one last thought. When we were doing the broadcast in Washington, like I have like I'm self-diagnosed, I'd say ADHD. So sometimes I'll just be like do 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 like off trailing and God knows what thought. And Kenzie totally cued me up for like a storyline that I had worked on before the game. I was down talking to Brown's grandparents and getting information. Kenzie cues me up and I'm just like counting ceiling tiles. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> we came back to it. We recovered. But uh, no, again, thank you so much, Kenzie. Your your voice is an amazing thing to have in sports. Yeah, Certainly, we love to see it on the women's game. Thank you for joining us on the Secret Dream Gap Tour. And you can follow Kenzie and our PWHPA athletes competing in the upcoming Women's World Championship from April 5th to 16th on TSN. We're going to be there. We're going to be tuning in. Kenzie, I hope Ooh, to see yeah. you here in like my backyard, basically in Brampton. So I'll you guys need to bring the podcast on site. And do we're trying. Maybe. It might Who be knows? happening. It might be you happening. Know, we're teaser here, Kenz. Good. Yeah. We will bring yeah. you all the tea that weekend. Like actual tea. <laughs> not yeah. like... Not drama. Tea and halls? Yeah, tea and tea halls. And halls. Yeah. What, what's your favorite uh, flavor? At least the red one. It. I think it's cherry. Courtesy yeah. of the Noxie and Cac show yeah, on SCPN. Kenzie, can't wait to see you and hear your voice covering Women's Worlds. Thank you again so much for being on the show. Love you guys. Thanks for having Aww. me. Love you. Merci. Aww. Merci. <laughs> Be back next week. We have another episode of Noxie and Cacs here on SCPN. Thanks again, guys. The Noxie and Cax Show on SDPN, produced in partnership with the PWHPA and presented by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Follow Noxie and Cax on Twitter at 27Noxie and at CareLMRD. The views expressed are those of the individuals and are not necessarily those of the PWHPA. Check out SDPN.ca for more Noxie and Cax and the rest of the SDPN crew. She scores! <laughs>